So did you watch yesterday's episode of Locked on USC when I was talking about the linebackers and embracing the role of a villain? You should have. You are Locked on Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Right on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I appreciate your support. You show your appreciation. If you're watching on YouTube, become a subscriber. It's so easy. All you got to do is click the red subscribe button. And when you see that thumbs up, I want you to touch it. I want you to hit it. Thumbs up. And I also don't want you to miss one episode Monday through Friday. Hit that bell notification button and you're locked in. You're locked on. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college or enter code promo code locked on college. And you're going to get a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I asked the question at the very top. Did you watch yesterday's episode of Locked on USC? Because my everyday viewers and listeners uh, who saw the show, they can appreciate how in tune I am with this team and what they're thinking, and what they're going to do before they even say it or do it. Clip Notes version, two of the topics on yesterday's show was USC embracing the role of the villain. And also, I talked about how the linebackers, how that group, how the room can't afford to go less than five deep. Well, following Tuesday's practice, one of the linebackers talked about embracing the role of the villain. And another linebacker talked about having a players-only meeting. You can see that's what we're talking about here in the first segment. Lincoln Riley, Monday night, he's on the Trojans Live radio show, and he talked about, you know, the whole villain thing and how the team needs to kind of embrace that role when they go on the road, appreciate, you know, who they are, what they're doing, and, and you're not playing at home anymore. You're going to get booed. You're going to be the bad guy. I had a really, I thought we had a fun segment where I asked for comments on who you think USC should be as a villain. And there were actually some really good responses in the comments section. So when you're done watching this episode, go check that out. Uh, one that I really liked and it made a lot of sense was Hellboy because, uh, yeah, guys, he always likes to light up a victory cigar afterwards. So there you go. Hellboy is a good choice. Practice Tuesday, uh, Mason Cobb, he was back. And he said after Tuesday, after Tuesday's practice that um, he was actually looking forward to playing on the road and that he loves being the villain more than playing at home. So I don't know about you, but that was kind of like music to my ears. To me, that's, you know, that's that wrestler's vibe, you know, walking into the stadium with the crowd booing and you're, you're kind of egging them on, bring it more, I can't hear you. Um, look, I, I haven't watched the WWF or whatever the alphabet soup they call themselves today. However, you know, watching the good guy all of a sudden turn into the bad guy right before your eyes, that, that, that was great entertainment. 
good actors. And I'll admit, um, I was a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. And I also liked Generation X. Makes sense. I'm a Gen Xer. But, uh, and I guess maybe that makes it easy to understand why I'm a, you know, kind of a fan of Deadpool and that type of humor. I, I love that in your face type of stuff. But back to the linebackers and the villain role. Uh, Mason Cobb, he's back. He's cleared to play. Uh, he's missed USC's last two games with an undisclosed injury. Alex Grinch, defensive coordinator, said he, quote, he expects him to play on Saturday. I'm wondering which villain, because since he likes to play that role, I'm wondering which one uh, Mason would choose if he if he could pick one. I have a feeling whoever it is would probably have a DNA that's full of passion. I saw a portion of an interview with Mason that he did with uh, Pac-12 Network's Yogi Roth, and his passion showed up uh, in a different way when he was talking about his parents and how important it is to him to know that uh, they're proud of him or, you know, because of the sacrifices they met that they made for him, he doesn't want to let them down. So I'm thinking someone might have, you know, left some onions in the room uh, when he was answering that question, if you catch my drift, he got emotional. And, you know, that's the whole duality of a man being a football player. You know, one minute, you're evil on the football field with bad intentions. And, you know, a minute later, you're, you're a mama's boy off the field and you're, you're apologizing to your mom for hurting another mama's baby's boy. That's the type of passion that you want. You know, that, that someone who, when they're on the football field, you get out of their way. You don't know what's going to happen. Off the field, they still care about family and faith and their team, stuff like that. I, I I really appreciate players who who seem to have their priorities in order. Uh, and I think it's obvious he got the message from from the boss, from Coach Lincoln Riley, that embrace, you know, to embrace being the villain. He, he talked about it. I think Eric Gentry got the message too. And apparently Eric Gentry, along with Mason Cobb, and the rest of the linebacker group, they had their own little private powwow. Uh, I guess we'll call it a players-only meeting. And Eric Gentry described it as they had a real talk with each other. I was using finger quotes if you're listening on your favorite podcast channel. Not sure exactly what he meant by that. However, I think that means that Eric Gentry probably saw some film. And that included him, you know, taking a bad angle on one tackle approach and he was reaching and he ended up on his butt. I think it uh, probably means maybe Rajon Davis got the message about having some post-play celebration penalties. Or, you know, maybe it's Taka Curtis saying, hey, you know what, I'm not going to keep making the same freshman, freshman mistakes going forward. Maybe it was Mason Cobb pointing his finger at himself when he saw, you know, hey, you know what? I attacked the wrong gap. My bad. What the meeting was about, I, I think the message was the way I, I perceived it from Eric Gentry. We need to get our stuff straight and be a part of the solution and not be a part of the problem. 
and tackling is so much is so much better this season so far. Um, and they were able to do that because these linebackers are better. They brought in Mason Cobb last year. They brought in Eric Gentry and Shane Lee. Hackett Curtis is a freshman. Ray John Davis is getting his opportunity. I talked about on yesterday's episode how the, the Trojans were able to get through the first three games, even though they weren't at 100%. And I talked about this on yesterday's episode, how the depth of the room allows for the players to be rotated in in case the guys in front of them aren't getting the job done. So I that, I think that was what was going on in that meeting with you know Gentry and, and, and Mason. And, and Davis and, and the rest of the linebackers is, you know what, we we need, this is where we need to improve. Let's make sure we're focused on this type of stuff. Coach Riley was talking about uh, the team in general. So I guess this, this comment probably applies to the linebackers as well. This is on the, uh, the Trojans uh, live show from Monday night. Quote, I think this team, uh, there were definitely some areas that we needed to get better at. There were some guys that needed to take advantage of the time to get healed up. Talking about the linebackers. But I think this team was very eager to get back on the field today. Talk about practice. They're ready to go and play again. And honestly, I think they're excited to play on the road. They're very much looking forward to that opportunity here this week and over the week, over the next several weeks, end quote. So there it is. This is why you want to make sure you're listening to Locked on USC every single day. Because I'm going to tell you something, and you're going, where did that come from? Well, you're going to find out because usually a day later or maybe a day earlier, something happened. This is why you come to Locked on USC. You want all the inside information, and you want it to be accurate. And you want it to come from people who aren't going to be kicked out of practice. We're going to talk about that in the third segment. But first, we got... We're going to talk about USC's improvement by the numbers. Hey, this summer, it's not quite over just yet, which means you still have time to wear your bird dog shorts. Bird dogs make you look good because they're designed to fit you slimmer through the thigh. So if you're one of those types of athletes, you've got those thick thighs, you're going to feel real comfortable wearing your bird dogs. And they give you that sculptured look at the same time. And they're definitely, they fit way better than those regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. You know what else? Bird dogs, they're made with an anti-stink and an anti-sweat wicking fabric that's going to keep you cool and dry all day long. And plus, they're going to keep you from stinking. And who wants to stink? For me, there is no trading places. I like wearing my bird dogs because when I look good, I feel good. Go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college for a free Yeti style water bottle uh, with every order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college for a free bird dogs water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The college football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. 
Locked On College Football Live will cover the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and they're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insights and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Now, I don't have any grades to hand out this week because USC didn't play over the weekend. That's why we didn't do a, a grade show on yesterday's episode like we typically do on Tuesdays. However, I got you covered. Pro Football Focus has some grades. I'm still waiting for someone to explain to me their formula. I don't understand how they put it together. <clears throat> Nevertheless, the Trojans are grading out very, very, very well, according to PFF. In fact, they're grading much better than last year. I've already been telling every my everyday viewers that USC is a better team than last year. You know what? You can see it. You don't need me to tell you that. But let's put some numbers behind it. Last season, USC earned an 86.5, a 79.4, and an 84.2 uh, marks for their wins against Rice, Stanford, and Fresno State. That 86.5 mark grade that they earned against Rice, that was their best grade that USC earned all season in 2022. I mean, ouch. <laughs> I think good. The 87.1 grade that USC earned against San Jose State is the worst mark that USC has posted so far through their first three games. Then they got better. They had a 93.7 grading against Nevada, and then they, they, slight, they took a slight drop down to 91.2 against Stanford. Most of that hit came with a tackling. Oklahoma. They're the only other program in Pro Football Focus's top 10 overall graded teams with multiple games of 91.0 or more. So there you go, USC and Oklahoma. They can't, keep, they can't seem to separate from each other no matter what. Noted, as far as uh, the top five, Notre Dame, number two, Washington, number three. Oh, School on the other side of town, UCLA, they're number five. Yeah. And I'm sure I don't need to tell everybody, USC's going to play each one of those teams this year sooner than later. Those numbers, all these numbers are going to adjust up and down for everybody. So this is where we're at right now. USC is the number one, has the number one rating in run offense, the number three in pass blocking. And they're number seven in receiving, and they are tied for number nine in pass offense. And I guess they're number 10 in run blocking. Okay. Again, I don't know these calculations. So I'm sure there are, in fact, I know there are a lot smarter people out there. Fill up the comment section. Explain to me how they come up with their rankings and their grades. The Trojans are the only program, the only program to rank among the top 10 teams in all of those offensive categories. So, I was talking the other day, maybe USC deserves a number one vote. I'm not saying they're the number one team, but maybe a number one consideration. 
number one offensively, that's for sure. USC finished the 2022 season as Pro Football Focus's number five graded offense and finished number five in pass offense, number 10 in pass blocking, number 10 in run offense, and number 11 in receiving, and number 11 in run blocking. We know USC is going to be good on the offensive side of the ball. So what about the defense? How did PFF see USC's defense? Well, through three games last season, USC posted grades of 75.0, 56.0, and 71.2. That 75 grade against Rice was, again, USC's best number of the year. This year... <laughs> USC opened with a 69.9 yeah, against San Jose State. But then they jumped up to 86.7 against Nevada and then dropped back down to 70.7 against Stanford. Again, I think that overall grade was affected on the defensive side of the ball. Even though USC only gave up 10 points, you look at the stats, a lot of yards, a lot of backups were used. So I don't know how that is, if any of that's taken into consideration, but it is what it is, right? USC's 85.2 overall defensive grade uh, is number 23 nationally so far. Last year, the Trojans finished last. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) My notes. Uh, They finished last season number 66 overall. There was a last in there, though. Stay tuned. Right now, USC is number four in pass rush, number 44 in run defense, number 48 in coverage, and number 59 in tackling. Speaking of tackling, safety Bryson Shaw, he leads all the USC tackling numbers at 84.4. That's good for um, just 103 nationally. The Trojans' top three tackling grades, they all happen to be safeties. Shaw, Max Williams, and Zion Branch. And the cornerbacks, Sia Wright and Christian Roland Wallace, are in the next two spots. So, yeah, these are numbers. We're Let's, uh, let's grade USC on the eyeball test, at least until we have a bigger sample size, right? That's going to be the positive spin on this. Uh, safety, Kalen Bullock, he has USC's highest coverage grade at 81.8. That's tied for number 57 nationally. And Caleb uh, last year posted an 89.0 coverage grade in 2022. And that was good enough for first team pro football focus All-American. Defensive lineman Bear Alexander is tied for number 23 nationally among Uh, Overall, with 12 quarterback pressures, and that's tied for number three among uh, interior defensive linemen. Special teams, they've improved dramatically. I'm going to show you how much they've improved. I told you there was a last. Here we go. Last year, USC finished as Pro Football Focus's lowest graded special teams unit at number 131 overall, with a 56.7 grade. Through three games, 2023, 
The Trojans are number 11 overall with an 85.7 grade. Welcome, Zachariah Branch. Welcome, Michael Jackson III, healthy. Welcome, Eddie Trapliski as punter. And Dennis Lynch, just keep making your PATs. You're not going to be called upon to kick field goals this year because it's touchdowns or nothing. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Dennis, you keep showing up to the stadium in your fashionable attire, and I'm going to be a fan of yours forever. Again, I'm not sure how PFF does their calculus, but USC is making tangible improvements, and that's the takeaway from this. That's what we want to everyone to come away with. You know, no more the but, 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 but USC needs to. Everyone knows what need, USC needs to do. They need to continue to get better. And as long as they continue to get better, they're going to be in the right spot at the end of the year. Medical emergencies are going to happen. That's why the Jace case is something everyone should consider because everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency, you actually have it. Jace Medical makes sure makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, as well as ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting the life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at the checkout on jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S like Sam, E like Edward, medical.com, promo code locked on. All right. So Lincoln Riley, uh, he suspended, well, USC officially, suspended a member of the media for two weeks. I remember the media, well, it wasn't me, let's just put it that way. <clears throat> but the media is coming um, to the defense of the of this one journalist who has been put on a two-week suspension. I'm going to try and play the role of devil's advocate and not take sides. Although, you know, I'll be upfront about this. In the past, I've been very outspoken uh, regarding access to practice or the lack thereof, and I still feel that way. I would like more access to practice. Now, on one side, there are members of the media who are wondering why Lincoln Riley is so concerned about, and it was pretty much a pretty innocuous, but it was a private conversation between two players. Essentially, this is what happened. A couple of freshmen, they were overheard talking about how to handle talking to the media for the first time. You want the full story, it's out there on social media, or you can go to the OC register. 
and get their version of the story. Now, on the other side, um, there are members of the media who follow USC's draconian rules, but also find different ways to go, you know, to provide, you know, a peek behind Lincoln Riley's Iron Curtain. This isn't the first time that this particular journalist or news group had, was warned. So either they don't understand the rules or they don't care about the rules. That's how USC is perceiving the situation. When you've been warned, don't do it again. I'm not taking sides. I'm just laying it out there. So now you've got members of the media, they're putting on their cape, and they want to know what specific rule was broken. And I think that's a fair question, because Lincoln Riley was asked about it after practice, and he didn't want to address the specifics at that time. But again, now you've got people taking their pot shots from uh, from the cheap seats, like up there in Oregon, John Canzano. Quote, USC professors aren't teaching student journalists to close their eyes and ears when the football coach wants them to, are they? Lincoln Riley picked on a journalist, tried to send a message, and is playing bully. Weak. End quote. Lincoln Riley said this after Tuesday's practice. His first job is not to the media, it's not to the fans, it's not to anybody else, it's to protecting our players, end quote. Again, some of the media, they're pushing back. They've got this, oh my God, attitude, I can't believe Lincoln Riley's doing this. I get it. I understand, you know, Riley's job is to protect his players. So I understand why the media is kind of huddling up and, and using the same principle to, you know, protect their own. I've made the conscious decision to pick which practices I'm going to attend going forward because of the lack of access. And now with this whole latest situation, I really hope it doesn't get it shut down for everybody. I don't think that can happen. I don't think it will happen. It better not happen. But I'm just wondering if the pushback gets, if it becomes too much, if Lincoln Riley just says, hey, you know what? Screw it. See you guys after the game. Head coaches by nature are control freaks. When I was coaching high school basketball, it was my team. I didn't want any input. So, you know, if, if head coaches by nature are control freaks and you only get to talk to Lincoln Riley and the coordinators, Um, not sure, you know, how you work around that. You know, we got to talk with the assistant coaches before the season started. Currently, there's apparently there's nothing left to talk about during the season that Alex Grinch or Josh Henson can't answer for us. This is one of the ways that you know coaches control the narrative. You only have certain people talking, Lincoln Riley and his coordinators. We got to talk to the assistant coaches before the season started. We won't talk to them again unless something special happens. Now, this whole uh, member of the media being suspended for two weeks, I, I think this, I kind of got the sense that this was a cumulative effect that's been adding up for, for Coach Riley. You had this one individual who's been warned before and apparently broke the rule, broke and rule again. 
not saying the same rule, a rule. And then you had, remember the whole Rayleigh Brown scout team red shirt situation? I, again, I think this is a, it's a cumulative effect that's happening. And Lincoln and Riley just said, I get it. You know, he he wants to protect his players. So you had a couple of freshmen who were worried about, you know, how to deal with the media for the first time. And that was kind of leaked. And then when you're all of a sudden talking about players who were on the scout team after practice, I think Riley just said, you know, enough. I'm, I don't want my players having to be in a position where they're looking over their shoulders or having to answer questions about why this is happening. Look, I, I have to pick and choose what I can and what I cannot say a lot of the time because you're going to hear, you hear me hinting and, and talking about things without really talking about things. Try and read between the lines or connect the dots. Again, there are just certain things that I know I can't talk about at a certain time. So that's the line that, you know, members of the media have to walk. I'll, I will agree that USC is very protective, sometimes overly protective when it comes to dealing with the players. They've got a lot of rules that aren't really rules, but they want them out there. So that's, that's what we do. I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure this will hold, this will all blow over soon enough. But again, you know, this is what Lincoln Riley wants. And until uh, he feels more comfortable with the media, these are the rules. He wants his team focused on winning the national championship. I'll be back at practice again soon. Until then, everyone, you know what to do because Locked on USC will be back with another episode tomorrow.